Hi, and welcome to Filthy Loose, where we plug holes in your jeans with mud. I'm Sam. <laughs> That's so dumb. Thank I'm you. Jay. <laughs> I'm Chloe. I'm disapproving. Well, no, just join the club. My family has <laughs> uh, jackets, and we can, <laughs> I we love can it. sign you up for the newsletter. <clears throat> I love the idea of you and your family like strolling out judging people with family jackets. <laughs> I, and I love the idea of a newsletter, except it's like a bitchy group text. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it is. And I was just going to CC you in on that. Well, today I want to talk about how to die in a horror movie. In other words, um, horror movie tropes, silly archetypes and cliches. Maybe who who we would be or <laughs> what we would do in a horror movie situation. I did some research, um, which was really just stumbling upon a website called uh, TVTropes.com. They have so much information that I just like fell into this insane rabbit hole and learned nothing that I needed to know, but lots of interesting stuff. Yeah, I'm as sorry. an English major and nerd. You had to research how to die in the in a horror movie like you wouldn't be the first one dead honestly <laughs> like, it wouldn't have been like i would be an accident that you died i would be the first one dead no um, i think it was that um because she would be the first one dead she wouldn't know what the other tropes are oh so she up. had to, <laughs> she had to look up the different ones so that she could possibly talk about it no i tried to look about it to get some more information and see like what other people would say about these um tropes i was thinking of like who dies first and stuff like that. So um, you're the but, pre uh, intro kill. Yeah, like right before they have the kids like what? coming driving down the road in like the car. You're the one that got killed before the movie like even started. All right, assholes, let me introduce <laughs> my fucking subject. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so glad I'm not even a character. So Aww. glad. Aww. Uh, <laughs> we didn't mean it that way. Well, you're then important. I get to miss all the horrible stuff. So exactly. You set the that. you set the tone for the movie. Yeah, you're like, oh, how gory is it going to be? How brutal are we going? Well, is this a slasher or is this a suspense? Anyway, uh, so I was trying to look up tropes on this website and uh, just ended up finding like a lot of cool info on like different archetypes. Everything from like literary movies, TV, uh, comic books, games, like uh, fan fiction. They have like all this shit and it's it's cool little website if you want to lose like two hours <laughs> and <laughs> i don't think i actually ended up learning anything about the horror genre except that there are so many nerds just like me out there who love to categorize things and give them hilarious names so yeah i feel like I there are people out there who <laughs> analyze scary movies just as much as people analyze like english yep yep that's exactly what that website like is like tropes for books that's fun there's but, tropes for movies that's exclusively what i watch on youtube oh the an analyze yeah the analyze and there's this guy on youtube that i love ryan hollinger and all he does is like video essays on like horror movies and like the elements that they're introducing and how they change the genre and not, not all of these horror movies he's bringing up are like deep and like one of the more of the creative types but like every part of the horror genre is important the slasher like b movies is as oh, big God. as the more artistic stuff i agree um i think that most of the time the tropes that i'm able to see and the themes that i'm able to see if i can see them in the regular media that i'm consuming then it's easier for me to to identify it when it comes to like school when i was in school i was i i just attributed everything to 
I'm like, oh, that's like this character in this movie. And then it's like, oh, that's like these, this thing that you see all the time in TV. Exactly. Because they're everywhere. Yeah. So it's really cool to see it happens even in scary movies. Yeah. And it's cool to um, like learn about it and see that this trope has been like identified and given a name. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that thing because it's already like ubiquitous and a thing that you're familiar with, but then they give a name to it. Anyway, we'll get into that. Let's do it. First, I want to talk about my love for horror movies because You I have a love for horror movies? I do. No, I, I do. You keep on talking about how much you hate them. I do. No. <laughs> it's a love hate. Oh, it's the a lack of love. Sis. Lack of love. Oh, no. It, it's love hate. Um, oh, okay. I'm such an anxious person. I'm so jumpy and easy to scare. <laughs> I don't like being scared. So sometimes I really hate it when I watch a scary movie and it's good because then it means it actually scared me and I'm upset. <laughs> 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 like, you know, I have to like figure out how to recover and not turn all of that into uh, nightmare fuel. So when I was like just out of high school, I had some friends and I know I've told you all this, but I don't know if I've said it on the podcast. I had some friends who uh, loved staying up really late and watching really bad horror movies. And I (laughs) discovered that, like, I can enjoy scary movies if they're cheesy and I get to make fun of them and then use that humor as a defense mechanism and not get scared and just, like, pick apart the corny bits. But at the time, those movies were scary. Like uh, most of the scary, like cheesy, silly, scary movies we watch now, they're like at the time when they were released, like whatever in the eighties or the nineties, we're like they were like the scariest thing at the time. <laughs> Sometimes, but like bad horror movies are made all the time. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> they're the time. still considered bad at the time that they're made. Yeah, I mean, you know, Killer Clowns from Outer Space is not like I love that's, it. That's not an old movie, is it? Oh, it's yeah. pretty old. It's pretty is old. Eighties, nineties. Oh, never mind. Never mind. There's another one that has an equally dumb title that's... Cabin in the Woods. Yes. Yes. Oh, I really like that movie. I kept thinking wind. about that today. Cabin in the Woods. You remember how like the um, the stoner guy survives and... You know, I don't think like, I've the... ever seen Cabin in the Woods. It's we one of the best together. meta movies out there for the horror genre besides Scream. I apologize. Who I did don't I watch think it I watched it. I watched it here. Not me. Oh, man. Okay. You have to see it. Anyway, yeah, when I was like a teenager, I started realizing that horror movies could be really fun uh, if you found a way to not get scared. And um, that's when I (laughs) realized like how dumb so many of them are. And so I had like a group of friends who like we would get together and just like make fun of them and we would place bets on who was going to die first and just like, you know, pick it apart like assholes because... uh, it's the best way not to be That's afraid. That's like the best way to enjoy a scary movie because like it can still be scary. Um, I like to find the continuity errors in scary oh, yeah. movies. That makes me so happy when I'm like, there's a cup in the background that wasn't there, but a frame ago. Or yeah. with sequels, <laughs> like sometimes sequel, like the first movie is like shot in first person and the second one just like completely throws away all the lore that was built up and is shot in like third person and it's like basically a different movie series but has the same name as the first one love it i agree i agree it makes me super it's like ah this was a cash grab you um (laughs) you don't give a fuck about the actual 
story that you created here. You're just trying to see how much money you can beat out of this dead horse. Okay. Oh, I can teach you one of the first terms that I learned today. Oh my God. Teach us, teacher. No, now I'm starting to feel like this is probably stuff that y'all know because you doesn't matter. go on the internet and, <laughs> and talk to people and interact. It doesn't matter if we know already because there's someone out there who doesn't and we're here for them. And okay. I like to know what you know and don't know uh, at it all is, times. It is, it, it is interesting to see you become like you get into something that we're already into because we're like, oh, <laughs> let us corrupt you a little bit more. Well, uh. When you mentioned continuity errors, it made me think of um, something they call fridge logic. Do you know what that is? Fridge logic? Yeah. Like um, a refrigerator? Yeah. Okay. So fridge horror is like when you look back at something you watched maybe when you were a kid or something and you go, oh my God, how did that not traumatize the shit out of me? <laughs> like I didn't realize how creepy that was at the time, but like it's freaking me out or it's like it's only scary if you ponder it so it's called fridge logic because it's like you finish the movie you're like you go to the fridge to like i don't know see if you still have any beer or whatever and it's like 30 minutes later you're like wait that doesn't make any sense like that's a weird inconsistency within the world of the movie and you're starting to be like wait how are they supposed to do this when this happened (laughs) That's uh that's fridge logic when the internal uh consistency issues are something that you notice later. Uh fridge horror is fridge logic plus some nightmare fuel. <laughs> Scary <Ooh>. stuff. <laughs> so you start to be like, wait, how is that supposed to happen? Oh my god. And it has really creepy implications. Mm. I didn't know that. I like it. I don't know yeah. that I didn't know that word at all. So I'm very glad that you shared this with us. Thanks, TVtropes.com. <laughs> I'm trying to think of an example, like, in my head. Yeah, like, something that I saw and, like, I know. scarred me. So, like, what comes to mind is, like, some of the more kid-centered horror to me, like, um, Courage the Cowardly Dog. They have yes! moments of extreme, yes! like, uh, style changes that are so freaky because you're in this 2D style and suddenly you have, like, a realistic human head or something like that. Oh, my God, yes. Or, <gasps> like, or the just in general, I think that's a perfect example courage the cowardly dog was like weird and like creepy but i could still watch it during the day and a be, lot of it or just I, went I, over I could my watch head it anytime and be fine because yeah. i was like ah, oh, kids cartoons are weird weird scary stuff happens in the cartoon but it's always okay in the end and then you watch it as an adult and you're like holy shit that is like seriously creepy stuff that they're doing. Why did this not phase me? Oh man, because like the your like, brain wasn't like developed enough to understand like the freaky implications of what you were saying, mm-hmm. or you just didn't catch it. Sorry, you were no, no, no. I was it. only freaking out because I, I I remembered something that is like the uh, fridge logic, mm-hmm. where you where if you thought about it, eventually you were like it clicks. But um, do you remember for Courage the Cowardly Dog when he helps that cat? Um, yes, it, and yes. The, I and know the bunny talking. escape from yes. this it's like abusive a dog. Story. Yeah, well, it's mm-hmm. a lesbian story, and she's in an abusive relationship with a dog. I and I'm know. like, oh my god! And it, it it's like not until I got older that I was like, wait a gosh darn minute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One other slightly more disturbing example is if anyone remembers <laughs> Return Mr. the Slab. No, oh, okay. it's not Courage the Cowardly, Cowardly Dog. 
Mr. Meaty on Nickelodeon. Oh my god, yes! I watched I it without is. flinching, but then I rewatched it. I was like, what the fuck is this? Mr. No, when Meaty? I'll show you a photo real quick. Hold on. This is genuinely, you need to see it. I never saw it because it freaked me out when at the time, but my brother, my little brother watched it and I was just like, what the <laughs> fuck <laughs> yeah. is this? I watched it. I watched it like every time I was like, oh, fun show. And now I'm like, why? Oh, yeah. Ew, what? So it's disgusting and I hate it. And I'm glad I had a moment <laughs> to um, really traumatize you because that used to be a regular show on cartoon. No, Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. During midday, regular time, prime time, I tell you, disgusting. And it's it's nightmare fuel, in my opinion. There was two <laughs> fucking seasons of it in 2005. I hate it. I have strong feelings about that show. It's okay, Sam. I won't ever make you watch it. Thank T- you. Talk about it in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I have too much to talk about. That's nice, Sam. Tell your therapist. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, here okay, here's an interesting thing I found. I read or heard somewhere like in a writing class that it was in your alphabet soup. Stephen King's uh that our our fears are based on our prejudices and so I tried to google that to find like how he put it cuz obviously he's got a better way with words than I do. Um but I couldn't find it. I did find someone was writing an article about how Stephen King believes that scares exist on a spectrum, uh, the most sophisticated being uh, terror, a notch down being horror, and a notch down from that being the gross-out scare. That one should be pretty self-explanatory. Gory, nasty stuff. He said that horror is like when unnatural things happen, or it's what you feel when unnatural, scary things happen. Terror is what you feel when unnatural scary things are happening and then you turn around and there's nothing there right oh, that's <laughs> it's, uh it's my psychological life. which yeah like in the article i was reading um where they were referencing this idea of his they used an example of pet cemetery which <laughs> like was the book you started really clicked with me because that's yeah that's a stephen king book that i read like the first half of i had to take a couple of breaks <laughs> <laughs> Stop in pet cemetery spoilers galore i'm sure i've talked about this on the podcast but it's like you bury um your dead pets in this certain cemetery that's like indian holy ground or something um and the pets like come back to life but there's something wrong with them you know and so then in the book his little son gets hit by a car and killed and he starts having these invasive thoughts that he can't seem to turn off about what if he buried his son in the pet cemetery, you know, because when you're in grief, you think crazy things. And then <laughs> I haven't finished the book yet um, because it's a lot. But uh, the person writing the article said that the last 100 pages of the book are basically him justifying to himself what he does because i'm sure he buries the kid in the pet cemetery and makes like a crazy zombie and shit happens i'm, I'm not really sure but uh you never that, watched the movies that falls under the heading of terror by stephen king's description no i haven't seen the movie because if i watch a movie before i try to read the book it's pretty hard to get the movie out of my head because reading is so much more effortful and like i have that freedom of imagination 
So I like to read a book first if I'm planning to read it at all before I see the movie. Because like I watched Gone Girl and it was so good. And then I started reading the book and was like, I already know what happens. (laughs) This is taking forever. (laughs) That makes so much sense. But um, also back to the character trying to justify like what he did or like uh, reason that reasonings that he would do it for the rest of the book. That is so human. And I like that in character because that's what we do when we do something wrong. We justify our actions, even if our actions were wrong. I agree with Stephen King that Tara is like probably the most effective type of scare um, because it's just messing with your head. That's why I had to put the book down because I got to that part where he starts contemplating um, digging up his dead son and burying him in the pet cemetery so that he'll come back to life. I was like, Jesus, this is a lot. This is a lot. And he writes about like the very real, raw, grieving process and the loss. And it's so tragic and sad and human and like... Even though his world is fictional, there are elements that are different from the real world, you know, the way that he thinks um, and like the types of fears that he has are so human and relatable that like, I think that's why it's such an insidious form of horror because it, you buy it and it weasels its way into your brain and you're like, oh, if I were in the same situation, you know, even though it's like you know, crazy out there kind of situation um, by understanding and empathizing with the character, it feels like the fear is much more real and inescapable. I hate it. <laughs> so good. I hate it. Intense. So I completely agree with that. I mean, the thing that about horror that sets it over the edge is when you can empathize with the characters and the characters actions and the more human you make the characters and their experiences the more you're putting yourself into the shoes and you're thinking what if it it is me it is me kind of like mentality to it and like yeah watching somebody that you know on fake on is fake on a screen in a scenario that you can never put yourself in that's not so scary but when it's basically you that you're watching it brings it up a whole nother level Yeah, yeah, that's, like, the power of good writing. If they can get you to accept their logic and their world, they're able to infiltrate yours to a degree. You guys are geeking out right now. I know. Look at all this geek in the (laughs) air. We're like, yes, the human brain. We start, like, vibrating (laughs) through the cosmos. That's kind of what it looks like. (laughs) Okay. Now that we have uh, some of the concepts of the mechanics or the basics. I want to apologize to anyone who hears meowing in the background. Um, (laughs) My cat decided that he wants to sing and that is his dream. And we're trying to (laughs) encourage him to do his best. And, you know, practice makes perfect. So you're going to hear some practicing in the background. I'm going to list some... um, different types of horror so we've got medical religious sci-fi splatter superhero surreal survival horror uh personal mundane 
uh, comedy horror, <laughs> existential horror. There are even more than that listed on the website. But what's mundane horror? It's like when the something. It's it seems mostly normal, but something is off, and it's bad. Oh, it's y- like Uncanny Valley, except Uncanny Valley is particularly like oh like stefford wives the stefford wives humans have you ever seen that one it was about like um a neighborhood of people who were all like acting like they were still in the 50s and the wives did everything for their husbands and heard of not seen mm. have not okay. seen i have not i highly it. recommend it at some point um i'll li- i'll put it to bed at that so you've got um your general tropes the hero, anti-hero, villain, um, antagonist. You have characters who are static, or you have foils who show contrast against other characters. But there are some that are particular to scary things. Here are some of my favorites from scary movies. Again, I don't know if this is a real term. Uh, other places, I think it might be, but on tvtropes.com, they call it um, the cloud cuckoo lander. <laughs> cloud cu- wait can i guess what that means real sure. quick before you give me it's cloud cuckoo lander i'm going to say it's that like insane kind of looking person that they meet right before they get into like the dangerous area like the gas station attendant in um texas chainsaw massacre oh yeah that like mm. makes them go down the way that they weren't gonna go down or, or they warn them but they look kind of crazy so, so they're, they're like, like oh. you're the creeper yeah <laughs> is that it no Oh, damn it. Ooh. That is one of them. And I don't remember what they called that. Uh... Foreshadowing? <laughs> no, the character themselves. <laughs> what is it? What's the cloud um, cuckoo baduku or whatever his name is? <laughs> cloud cuckoo baduku. <laughs> yes, tell us about the cloud cuckoo baduku. It's that one person in the movie who's um, endearing, naive, more insightful than they seem sometimes. Um, and it's just like the really eccentric weird person <laughs> if they're ever given a diagnosis it's probably adhd uh but more accurate would probably be like schizotypal personality they're just like very eccentric and sometimes they're privy to things that other people aren't privy to and sometimes they're just like clueless is that like luna lovegood i guess i don't know um so is it like the, I'm trying to think of an example because that's how I live yeah, by. I guess, like, I guess so, yeah. In like a sort of like cursed type of horror movie or like a ghost kind of horror movie, like the fortune teller that they see or something like that or the like crazy grandma that like is like, ooh, I'm weird and but I know all this shit. Right. They're because like I'm extremely cuckoo. eccentric. Yeah. But they're like connected to something that ooh, ooh, other ooh. people don't understand. Like in... In Paranormal Activity, the nanny who kept smudging the house and the guy and they would come in and be like, stop it. And, and then the wife was like, she's just different. So I've been thinking about many of these characters <laughs> in the context of the movie Cabin in the Woods because it is such a self-aware movie that's sort of like exposing and sometimes poking fun at the horror genre and the... Uh, characters that they recycle one of the main group is this like comic relief kind of stoner guy uh who has like 
uh, a bong that collapses down to look like a travel mug of coffee. He's oh my just, god, that sounds amazing! It's so funny. He's just like you know, he's like shaggy for the ride, like uh, how he acts. Yeah, but he's like, and he's like stoned most of the time, so people kind of ignore him. Um, but he's usually like, "Hey, something's weird here," and then like everyone else is like, "Ah, no, it's fine." Um, and normally that character or often that character dies but sometimes it's like they're the only one who gets it surprise surprise you know you thought he was just a crazy stoner who was rambling about crazy conspiracies but it turns out that he was on to what's actually happening you just didn't think it was possible sam (laughs) (laughs) no i'm gonna tell you who sam is ready (laughs) okay okay yes oh god you're gonna read me i am I can't do this with me or Jay as well, but uh, maybe when I was reading about certain tropes on this website, I was like, oh, Sam. Oh, that's also Sam. And that's Sam, because you're way more of a horror movie character than either Jay or I would be. We're just victims. No, Jay, <laughs> Jay if you want to, if you want my opinion really quick before we yeah. start going deep into the tropes. Oh, yeah. If I, off the top of my head, just from movies that i know and i wanted to pick a trope that i think you guys are jay would be the um like the student that we go to to like get information about who's like really into the web and stuff and is like oh man you guys are talking about a windingo or whatever yeah and like and then be like oh it sucks for you guys you stay the hell away from me do you mean windigo or is windingo a separate thing it's wendigo it's windigo but i um said it wrong because your character would obviously say it wrong because it only ever read them I would say Aww. no. That, I think you'd be like the weird expert who knows everything there is to know, but <laughs> no, no, but doesn't want to get involved in the plot because you're like, oh, I'm not. I don't want to die. And we're like, well, what was his consulting. name in Scream? You're that guy. The the oh, he dies in the second movie. But like, yeah, the one that's like, this is how you survive in the story movie. I want to say his name's Randy, but I'm not sure. And story then, movie is it? Is it pronounced story movie or <laughs> the scary movie? Scream um, movie. Just a hard time about the Wendigo. <laughs> so for Chloe, um, my best guess would be. Well, we already tried to peg you for the person who dies before the movie starts. But Stop it. <laughs> if I had to actually choose, um, I would say you are two things. Two. One of two things. The neighbor who can kind of hear something happening, but you have like headphones on and you're like doing whatever. And we like come like banging at your window or whatever and you can't hear us. And then oh, like as, 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 as you turn around, you're just like, oh man, there's a spot on that window. I should clean it. Oh, and then God, you don't I even notice the shit. person on the outside because oh. it's dark. <laughs> you're the person everyone gets pissed off at. I'm protected by my own naivete because I never notice that terrifying things are happening. Correct. That'd be so funny. And two... The other one that I could think of that you are, the character that we brought along because our mom or whatever was like, you have to bring what's blah, blah, blah with them. Like like the, the kid's sister or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And you're the one that we protect the entire time and we're just like, keep putting you in like, like the back room and giving you cans and stuff and being like, hey, it's fine. Everything's fine. And then when, if, when, you, when you actually see whatever, you're the person who gives the blood curdling scream that the movie needs. Mm, I, I could do probably a really good blood curdling scream. Yeah, I believe it 100%. <laughs> and like the whole goal would be protecting you. Like that would be the movie. Oh my. That is what I think you would be. And then that's also what I think Jay would be. I gave you both two. That's my opinion. What do you think you would be? 
I would say I'm probably the tired divorcee mom who's trying to keep it all together for her kids. (laughs) Or I'm the type A personality friend that you brought along who's like trying to keep everyone together. And everyone's like, I want to go out into the woods and do this thing. Or I want to go over there and hike this mountain. And I'm like, what the fuck are you guys doing? (laughs) No, (laughs) we go as a group. What do you think, Jay? I have opinions. Yes, share them. Okay, Sam, I'm going to stick by you're like the cuckoo cloud man person. Really? Sam is? Well, not now, but I'm saying like if you were like 20 years older, that's the role you would take. But now, (laughs) right now, you would be the survivalist that knows like how to survive and that kind of stuff and like will like help everyone else who's incompetent. But then you die I'm right, like the last- near the, right near the end, right yeah, before everyone death. else like lives and everyone's so pissed off, like because we we cause your death, like or like the people with you like cause your death unintentionally and that kind of stuff. And just yeah, I'm like, I die because I was the one who was like helping everyone hoist out of whatever mine shaft we're in. <laughs> and then when it finally is my turn to do it, you guys can't reach me. I would God. say I well, want to let you know that these are genuine like thoughts that I have in the middle of the night where I'm just like. Hmm. Yeah, my friends would probably be the reason why I die. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chloe. I mean with love. I mean with love. Chloe, I'm not. Wow. You're, this is going to be very controversial. Mm-hmm. You're the final girl. I'm sorry. Really? But you don't, you're not the final girl out of your own merit. It's out of other people's merit that you become the final girl. Yeah, because we're defending her and protecting her the whole time. Yeah, you, have, you have that like, like you have like the, the kind of like quirky interesting personality but like relatable enough for like other girls to put themselves in your shoes and that kind of stuff and you're you're kind it's just like final girl personality traits you have all we're all the ones that die trying to protect you plus the final girl is usually the one that stumbles across stuff and you're very curious and you're very into exploring things. So, yeah, I think you, you're final, girl. Yeah, you'll have, like, the the necklace of the killer that you found in the woods, like, three days ago. And you're like, and you, like, show it to him right before you die. And he's like, Mama. <laughs> I like this horror movie. Let's make it. I, I raise a killer. Um. <laughs> no, no. I no, mean, he, like, the, that happens a lot in horror movies where they're just like, they say, they like, they have a flashback or whatever. It's like the one thing that you have mm. that's going to protect you because you found it on the floor like three days ago. And we were or like, you know, the name that. of whoever is important to them or you yeah. know the phrase they need to like little things to unlock things. Yeah. Um, me, I wouldn't consider myself the expert, but I'm that comic relief friend character <laughs> like i guess like the stoner or like the ridiculous person that's just like eh, who's everyone's favorite in the movie but usually dies pretty early on and everyone's upset about it i yeah. promise i would do everything in my power to keep both of you alive in a horror movie as long as possible i swear but i don't want to be the one that dies right before everyone survives no, so i might not. accidentally slash one of your guys achilles tendon i'm just saying. oh man <laughs> Then you're like, Jesus Christ. You're like, I'm going to do everything in my power to save you. I I might accidentally use you for human bait. So I get away. (laughs) I'm just saying. I I don't have to be the fastest runner. I just have to be faster than you guys. Now it's time for your tropes because you did the research and we were just Uh, doing it off the top of our head. Well, we all know who dies first. Any minorities or uh, people who have sex. 
<laughs> or blonde girls. Anyone, anyone, uh, slutty or sexual in any Stop way. Stop pointing at me, Jay. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I just contradicted myself. I'm like, Sam dies first. Anyone who's different from the other characters in any way will probably die or bad shit's just going to happen to them. And unfortunately, um, there's a reoccurring race problem in in Hollywood oh, where yeah. they make the usually the black person or the Hispanic person die first. The- oh, um, there's a actually like a documentary that's on Shudder, um, but it's Whoa. it's like a bunch of black horror fanatics, black actors, black uh, directors and that kind of stuff that are involved in the horror community talking about black people in horror movies and how they're usually presented and like movies that straight away from like Candyman is a good like prime example of one of like the first ones that were like yeah let's make uh, the black people kind of center and stage and yeah it wasn't perfect and it's actually very controversial um but it was one of like the most vulnerable ones anyway I want to check that out I think other people should check it out too so what I was going to say is it's nice that now nowadays um People have become aware of and tired of a lot of these tropes that are kind of prejudice inspiring (laughs) or prejudice based like uh, the token minority who dies. And like, you know, if a girl has sex, she's dead meat (laughs) or she, she in like a horror movie. She's always the dumb cheerleader. No one of substance, not a very good person, you know, Um, and I think audiences and filmmakers alike are finally starting to step away from those things because first of all it's been there done that and second of all like surprise your audience may be more than some uh white men (laughs) you know (laughs) like yeah like just because we may not want to see that happen every time you know we want to root for like a non-white hero or like for a sexual character to not (laughs) to not get stabbed why is it that every time anyone has a shower uh or has sex or kisses someone or anything that involves nudity or closing of eyes they're immediately killed <laughs> just real quick the uh documentary is called horror noir if you want to check it out on shutter say it again horror noir okay horror noir yeah like black and okay. french yeah noir. thanks for sharing that jay yeah i agree but, uh, with what you're saying um that there's a lot of it's like a projection of what is not deemed accept- acceptable in our society. So it's the first thing to go. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really great observation. Because <laughs> like I was trying to quote Stephen King earlier, and I don't know how he said it, but he said that our, maybe I'm making this up because I've just been holding on to it and I Googled it and I couldn't find it. But like Somebody. assuming that he actually said our fears come from our prejudices, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's um, like the things that we don't like or find distasteful are always the things that come up in scary movies to mess with us. Thinking like of a million, like there's a million scary movies running through my brain right now. So I believe that in a scary movie, I would be protected because I cut my hair and dyed it brown. And everyone knows (laughs) that the slashers prefer blondes. So... (laughs) Um, so you think that if you left your long, gorgeous blonde hair that you would be the first to die for sure, but since you've dyed it now and cut it short? I may not have been the first to die, but I would definitely die. I, ha- I have had, slash still have, I don't know, too um, innocent and cherubic of a look. <laughs> Is that how you say it? 
cherub-like. Oh, cherubic. Cherubic. Cherub- I, I always know. thought it was cherubic. Cherubic. Yeah. yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> English is weird. Somebody email us the proper pronunciation, or we can just Google. Do it. your homework. No. Do okay. our homework. Do our homework for us. God. <laughs> anyway, I thought it was really funny. The phrase slashers prefer blondes. I didn't even need any explanation beyond that. I was like, oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> that would be a cool shirt. So, Jay, I wasn't able to nail you down to a cross. <laughs> I wasn't able to nail you down to one particular trope, but I think that you might be partially like the crazy survivalist. <laughs> What? I don't know anything about how to survive anywhere. But you do know how to survive horror movies. You would be the perfect meta character. I imagine you with a lot of weirdly specific knowledge that would save our asses. You would be the person who knew way too much about this really random shit that ended up being useful and helping us defeat or almost defeat and then get killed by the thing. Um, Also... There's a trope called the occult detective, and that really made me think of you. Yes, that's exactly what I was. That's that's what's the, the name a, of my person that I was describing. What's the occult? Oh, the the very specific knowledge, like oh, like, of occult or whatever. We yeah. go to you to explain what it is, and uh, I mean, I don't know if yes. I agree. If you both see it, I got I got a I got a majority rules. But that's right, I mean, baby. my apocalypse survival scenario is to kill myself before something more horrible happens. So I don't think it would turn out very well for you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, what? Yeah. unless it's almost, you were saved, you're almost guaranteed to die if you kill yourself. Wow. Also, there are some tropes that I found on this website. They call them the shrinking violet and the nervous wreck. And both of those also have to factor into your character, in my opinion. Shrinking Violet. It's It's that really shy girl, usually. Um, But it can be any character that kind of just, like, has low self-esteem and therefore makes themselves very small and quiet. Uh, Not that we think that you are a small person, but in social situations or situations that are stressful, you kind of just shut down and get tiny and try to pull attention away from away from yourself as much as possible yeah like if two people are fighting i don't want to be involved yeah that's called a shrinking violet i feel like it would only work if i'm all three of those characters yeah it has to be like that's what i mean that's what i mean okay here's what the page on the nervous wreck says there are some characters who can keep a cool head no matter what then at the other end of the spectrum there's this person Uh, they'll be the first to panic under pressure. Pessimistic by nature, they'll automatically assume the worst and worry even when any- everything's going right. And when the worst really does happen, they might even be reduced to spouting incoherent gibberish. Often this character is revealed to have a painful past that left them like this. Some versions will hide their anxiety behind a cheerful facade. If malicious, this character is a dirty coward who may not look the part when he believes he has the upper hand, but will become a blubbering mess whenever he has to deal with his oh, superiors those are or a competent opponent. Characters. <laughs> oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Which sort of overlaps with the shrinking violet. Both of these, but especially this one, I also really relate to, so don't feel too called out. Cause I'm like dis- I'm gonna describe you and also myself in high school in one fell swoop right now. So I am currently Chloe in high school. That's good. I don't um, know why you didn't us, know that. Uh. Some of us crave to be Chloe at any stage in life, but high school would be the best, I think. Okay, here's 
here's what the page on shrinking violet says painfully shy and quiet the shrinking violet is the withdrawn character usually but not always female who walks through the school hallways with her head down and wants nothing more than to blend in with the scenery to avoid all attention because she believes that her presence is worthless or unwanted often the quiet one expect her to apologize a lot uh reasons for lack of self-confidence vary but they usually include intimidation or bullying by the popular ones, being the youngest and most sheltered daughter in the family, or in more dramatic cases, a personal event that convinced her the world would be better if she just shut up. That's so sad. Uh, in other cases, they actually manage to avoid the brunt of fights or taunts that the more vocal outcasts take. Presumably because she's so quiet, she might as well be invisible. Oh god, this is a longer page than I realized because it's not about, it's not exclusively a horror trope. It's just a a character trope, but I'm like, I feel so seen. (laughs) That 100% was Chloe when I met her. (laughs) I think somewhere at the merging of these three identities is uh, your alternate reality horror movie self. Fair. Fair, fair, fair. (laughs) How do you feel about that? Eh. 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 Is it hard to be read this much? Or do you feel like we have it all wrong? Or do you feel like that that just really overplays all of your anxieties and uh, skips over the things that you would bring to the table no, in that's a crisis why, situation? That's why you'd be the occultist uh, detective and the yeah. the one that knows a little bit about everything. I can see it. I don't know about Shrinking Violet. That's the one that I have like. I'm the probably most just problems. projecting fully because that's me. <laughs> I think you are projecting. <laughs> But I could totally see myself. I got there from the nervous wreck. (laughs) Just like constantly predicting what's going to happen. Like, oh my God, if we drive down this road, we're going to get fucking murdered and no one listening to me. And then we start getting fucking murdered. And I'm like, here, there, it was me. Now we're all going to die. And it's your fault. And like, you're just having like completely like just telling you off in a nervous way. Like once no one heeds my warnings. I think that the nervous wreck side of it. I, I forgot to incorporate the hilarious comic relief aspect, which is Definitely got to be a part of your character. So, yeah, I think it's like a cultist, detective, nervous wreck, comedy. Yeah. Comedy guy. Comedy guy. Well, that's I- that's my opinion. Yeah. I think that's a good hodgepodge of all of the information <laughs> that we brought together. Now we can make you a t-shirt. Yes. Yes. And we'll have to come up Let's with a much catchier guys. thing to call you. No, no, no. It's going to be all those words. Guy, uh, yeah. It's okay. going to be all of those words. And then at the bottom is a tiny little like stick drawing of Jay. <laughs> Are you ready to be psychoanalyzed? I'm always You're ready. You're going to hate it. I will hate it. And I'll probably fight you every step of the way. Are you ready for this uh, discourse? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So am I. <clears throat> the broken bird. Hmm. Oh, oh, what? Oh, I was like, I, I kind of like have an idea what it is. I was like, it works. These characters, often female, are coping with a cynicism catalyst, despair event horizon, or dark and troubled past by becoming as cynical, stoic, and or badass as possible. Her deep experience and emotional detachment almost always give the impression of competence, though she doesn't always live up to her own hype. Varying between cool big sis, emotionless girl, little Miss Snarker, and Snark Knight. <laughs> These are just great names. Uh, she marks herself as more experienced and worldly than the other characters, even if the competence zone means she herself is barely out of her teens. 
In fact, she can sometimes fill a mentor role for less experienced and more idealistic characters, all the while loudly expressing her irritation with said arrangement so no one gets the impression she's softening up. Sometimes this is to jerk-ass levels, however, she's often a sympathetic jerk with a heart of gold. <laughs> this character was a hero herself once and failed miserably, or maybe she was abused in some way as a kid. Whatever the case, her cynicism undoubtedly stems from some traumatic event in her past that destroyed her faith in just about everything. Said past often delivered in a bitter diatribe towards someone who proved a bit too stubborn in their desire to know what it was. A uh, 65 chance of engaging in serious physical violence <laughs> against whoever's closest at the time. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Always treated seriously. And broken birds have a tendency to both be prone to violence and very good at it. Therefore, potential love interests should always prepare to be at least slightly maimed during these breakdown. Uh, this trope can be summed up as troubled but cute, plus dark and troubled past. <laughs> hmm. That's one part. There are a couple parts. Oh, yes. Please read me more. <laughs> it is common for the broken bird to feel a different trope called hope is scary. But if in that state someone inspires you with even a fragment of hope, all your peace is gone. Now that you've started to feel, you can feel pain again. Is this poor man's group uh, therapy? Because this is Sam. <laughs> this is just about Sam. Uh, or, uh, the hope is scary thing is not just like a thing that only certain characters go through. But it comes about when, like, you're in, like, or you're on your way to, like, the worst part of the drama. I feel like it's much more, like, survivalist horror to have Hope is Scary. Because it's like yeah. if you're in a zombie movie or whatever and you're like, oh, we can actually, might actually all get out of this. And then guess what? They all don't. And I think, like, scary movies will toy with this concept in order to freak out the audience because it makes it personal and real to a degree i guess and then i guess like everything that you have is at stake does that make sense yeah no um uh, hope is one of the major elements and themes that you see throughout most horror movies in some way yeah i hate it i know <laughs> but i think okay like if we're in a survivalist horror movie sam fucking kills everybody <laughs> eats them oh, oh i forgot the big one I forgot the big one. The that wasn't the big one. That wasn't the, the big one. <laughs> that wasn't the big one. The one that is my actual Wait, regular personality. Well, no, I mean that's your actual personality, sure, but like, I hate it. I hate that are... I was. I hate that I am a archetype. You Everyone's always wanna... an archetype. I know, everyone but you is. want everyone wants to be more unique than that. Like Jay was a combination of three. I'm one. <laughs> no, you're a combination of two. Ah, okay. Get to the other one. I do see you as. Um, crazy survivalist like the the ultra prepared person <laughs> and i feel like most of the people who are close to you have some of those tendencies like i imagine your partner just pulling out like weapons from hidden places or like your brother having some kind of like weird fallback plan and like an escape route and you would like round everyone up and yes yeah my family already has escape routes uh planned for specific situations that may happen in our nation and the selective few that are with me at the time will get to come along for the ride the rest will get to die in the insert whatever thing that we're going through at that time or uh, my escape method jay don't kill yourself during a zombie i'm not going to live through a zombie apocalypse why would i want to be eaten alive 
Don't you want to try to take out some of the motherfuckers with you when you go? Sure, I'll I'll bomb it, and I'll go with the bomb. Fair. That does that work for me? That works for me, but I want you to bomb like a big area that has like a bunch of them, so that way you're helping a lot of people as you go. I don't know how much like a, like a fallen angel kind of way. Yeah, that would be cool, and I would love to go out that way. Um, that's how one of my favorite characters from the Magnus archives goes out, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but with a zombie apocalypse, it kind of like they recreate the population as they go along. So I don't know how helpful that is unless I'm specifically clearing an area so that the rest of the team can get through. Yeah, that that that's the one I'm talking about. All right, we've got a plan. All right. Plan is go to a stadium, put in... Um, put on the the music as loud as you can so that they fill the stadium and then you're in the middle and then you go kaplam with a bunch <laughs> of like dynamite or whatever that we put all along the area so that they all die and you take them all out when you go like a bunch of them okay so like you help out the people in the area nice i like it i like it i'm glad we made your plan of your martyrdom <laughs> <laughs> In your scary movie trope. It was specifically zombie apocalypse. Because I can't do that against a natural disaster. What? You're not going to take out the hurricane with you? (laughs) (laughs) This is another trope that's specific to scary movies. And I think you're going to like it a bit more. (laughs) But this also makes me think of Sam. It's called the Action Girl. Action Girl. (laughs) An action girl is a female badass who is tough and kicks butt. Damsel in distress? Not her. The broad action girl concept can take many forms. Faux action girl is a case of presenting a character as this, only for them not to live up to the standards of the trope. Oh, I love that. Dark action girl is a villainous variety. An affirmative action girl is a cast addition intended to balance out gender ratios that typically also falls under this trope. That led me to Mama Bear. Oh, God, yes. Like many other mammals depicted throughout history as predators, bears are actually passive animals and won't attack humans unless provoked. Despite this, if you even think about getting between a mother bear and her cub, she'll tear straight through you. I'm trying to think of an example of that. I'm trying to. The only time I ever see like mama bear tropes is like La Llorona had one. Well, like, yeah, it's uh, those, the scary movies that are about. A mom protecting her kid and that kind of stuff. There's a few of them out there. It says, if an older sibling is the one who takes up the role, she's a case of big sister instinct. But I think that in a scary movie, and especially in like a survivalist type one, where you and Jay and I are all in it, action girl, mama bear, <laughs> and uh, if Junior's involved. Big sister type. Oh, you were you were such a big sister instinct, mama bear, action girl person in like every setting, but in a horror movie, you'd be kicking ass with my broken wing. Yeah, <laughs> broken bird, mama bear. What animal are we? Oh. <laughs> it's like getting you like dang- turn into a sphinx or something. <laughs> it's it's dangerously close to uh, Jay's type, and I don't like it. We just got to throw clown makeup on it. And I'm like, ugh. 
Oh, oh my! Uh, sorry, I haven't listened to the episode yet. <laughs> <laughs> the the Lala Lechuza one. Yes. Here are some really funny. Um, sorry. Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> so when I was like reading this website and just like following link after link after link because there's just so much information, um, I started writing down uh, some of <laughs> some of the places and patterns that pop up in scary movies. Uh, especially survivalist scary movies, and um, I wanted to laugh at them with you. Some of them are more serious, uh, but like, okay, um, an institute or a lab, castle, house, hospital, basement, attic. <laughs> These are a, reoccurring. Um, Anywhere dark and mysterious. Any sort of lab, mm-hmm. right? Never go there. A sec- there's always like a secret passage or a secret place, um, secret a claustrophobic tunnel. scene, um, a storm, cabin in the woods. Jesus, never go into the woods. If scary movies Just don't taught go you woods. anything, it's, it should uh, be never go into the woods. My favorite murder has a ongoing theme where they're like, don't go in the woods. Because so many times, even, I mean, we see it in scary movies all the time that the woods equal death. Mm. But in real life, with real life bad guys, don't go into the woods either because guess what? <laughs> you die. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm like, Chloe, don't follow strange Random sounds. Don't go sounds. to the abandoned area and interact with the uh, creepy housekeeper or caretaker um, <laughs> or the doppelganger or ever have a seance. Jesus, why does anyone ever have a seance? Honestly. If there's Latin, don't read it. If there's weird jewelry, don't put it on. <laughs> when I was, Are you telling yourself all these don't things? Don't open it. <laughs> when when I was a kid, I thought doppelgangers were going to be more way more of an issue than they are now. Because so, someone, some like old crazy person that lived in my apartment <laughs> complex was talking about how everyone has a doppelganger oh, that God. they have to find and stuff like that. And like I was a kid, so. Honestly, I was told something similar growing up, but what there the was fuck? like there's seven other people in the world who look exactly yes. like you. Yeah. What? Yeah, and they're like it they're out there. They look just like you. They can be anywhere in the world. So, they're like really like, "Hey, you need to make sure that your family knows who you are." And you've seen it before in like true cr- that that one like mysterious case of like that kid that went missing. And then somebody found a kid that looked exactly like, like him, him and then brought it. And then there was this huge debate between parents because one, there was another family that was like, no, this is our missing kid. And then the family that had the missing boy, the original missing boy was like, no, this is our kid that went missing, but they're oh back. And it was like a whole fucking thing. And it's so crazy. I love it. I, love I actually really like the doppelganger thing because it's so creepy to think like you can't trust the people who are closest to you. You know, you don't even know what's real or if they are themselves. Have y'all seen It Follows? Yeah, I feel like it could have been so scary, but it ended up being so stupid. Because <laughs> it's like the, the villain is an STD, essentially. Yeah, I no. don't think I've seen that one. I can explain it really quickly. The, the monster is like, um, like nobody knows what it looks like because it shape-shifting. Looks- it shapeshifts into like doppelgangers of people that you know and trust. It or could, not always. It, it could can look take like a- anyone. It could be a stranger. It could make itself look exactly like you, whomever. 
So you never know who you need to hide from. Um, and it just like walks slowly at you until it gets you and kills you. I don't even know what it <laughs> And it never <laughs> stops pursuing you. So the only way to get it to stop chasing you is to have sex with someone. And so it will chase them. But if it kills <laughs> them, then it goes back down the list. So if it kills them, then it's after you again. You have to like pawn it off to someone else. So it's like a, I think you can kind of read it as like a weird metaphor that's like, don't have sex, kids. <laughs> They'll follow you your whole life if you get the diseases. And you can't even be like, in that situation, you can't even be like, okay, I'll allow myself to be killed to, so that it doesn't kill other people because that just means the last person you slept with is the one that they're going to go after next. And then exactly. the same thing. Like you can inform them about it and like let them choose what they do from there. And hopefully they continue spreading it so that like it's further away. From- <laughs> I mean, like that would be a good strategy. Yeah. yeah you have to throw under the people that are the best. Uh, well, most of my words. instinct in scary movies, I'm like, fucking do it. Kill me. <laughs> I don't know why. It's like, it's like, um, I'll go out as killing as many as I can or whatever. But like eh, in that situation, it's like, is there even a way to kill it? I laughed so hard when I watched that movie. It follows. What if you have a sleep? What if you sleep with it? What happens then? You Does can't. it kill itself? Let me tell you. Let me oh tell God! You okay. So the whole movie, I was like, okay, this could be a cool concept, but it's really not that scary. That like every time the drama heightens, it's just like a regular looking person just walking at you, you know, and they just like run away and it just continues walking so slowly. Like this thing is really easy to evade. And I I was like, what happens when it gets you? Like, how does it kill you? It just gets you. And then at the end, you finally get to see it get someone and it like rapes them to death. What the fuck? No, no, no. It's even more (laughs) fucked up because it's the person's mom. What the fuck? It takes I the shape of that part. Yeah, it takes the shape of the person's mom. It rapes him to death. That's how it kills you. It's the dumbest plot. What ever. the fuck? <laughs> it's an interesting movie, and I do recommend watching it because there's other stylistic choices that are like interesting about it. Like it all feels like a dream because the t- you can't really pinpoint the timeline because they're like technology, like phones and that kind of stuff, or like clamshells and shit like that. It's weird, dude. Do you mean clamshells like actual clamshells or clamshells like... No, he the, means clamshell the, phones, like flip phones. Yeah, but, yeah but, okay. But, but, but I thought you... are shaped like clams. You're f- so full of shit. No, that's what... What are you talking about? It, in the movie. Like in Spongebob? Yeah, they look no, like that. Right. I don't yeah. remember this at all. Yeah, Why no, it's... talking to clam-shaped It's, it's one of those uh, movies that, um, you know, uh, horror movie like analyzers love to talk about because it's... A cool concept and it's such a weird film and i've heard so many mixed so reviews so you're allowed to not like it because that one scene where they're trying to kill it by having her in like the pool and then all the electronics around the pool like what the fuck were they doing <laughs> like what the hell i mean honestly if you look at like how they defeat like supernatural bad guys in horror movies it's like a really weird way. It's like, oh, it has to be the seventh son of the but seventh no, brother. There, there was no information about how to kill these things. These guys just what they do is they take all their electronics <laughs> to the pool, <laughs> plug them in, and like surround the pool, and then have the person that they're chasing inside the pool to lure the monster inside the pool to electrocute it. And they decide to do that for like no reason. That's just how they decide to kill it. I mean, honestly, that's what I'm trying to say. It's like, how do you know? 
something's gonna kill a thing unless you try different but why ways. Is it, but why is that the first way they try? That's such a complicated way to try to kill somebody. Plus, Maybe would, they thought it would work. I mean, there's a lot of times when they have to tie them to the bed and put a mirror over them and then they have to like say like this weird mm. crazy enchantment like how many times did they try to kill that thing before they figured out that's the way to kill it? I mean, how many times do you think they figured out how, like they tried to kill werewolves before they figured out oh, it's a silver bullet. Like, I mean, how many, like, there's so many different ways, like, unless there's any literature about it, and there's been a guy who's out there trying to fucking kill this thing, you gotta try it. There's gotta be trial and error. And so what if that's the weird, like, that is a weird way, but, like, a lot of the weird ways that they kill scary things is fucking weird. So they don't succeed, and the uh, monster tries to electrocute the person that it's after with the electronics around the pool. So he didn't try How? to fuck that one to death? <laughs> I don't think it tries to fuck everyone it to death. It will never figure this out. It, it will have no idea how to kill this person who's in a pool surrounded by electronics. <laughs> it will definitely just go into the pool. Yeah, I'm so sure th- of it. There was no logic. There was no nothing. Though, no reason they thought that that would work. Like, But that's the first thing they tried. And then I think they try a gun after that. So One of my favorite horror movie tropes is the immortal villain. How they can just shoot the fucking monster so many times and it always like plays dead for a second. It goes, ah, and then like lunges back up and is not dead. Hashtag every slasher movie ever. You can't kill it. Yeah. That's actually one of the biggest themes with Michael Myers because Michael Myers is supposed to be human, but it constantly alludes to he's not human and you Mm -hmm. don't know if he's human or not. I would love it that Michael Myers is actually like a demon stuck in a dead body who's just like, I'm really fucking bored, guys. Let me just murder. (laughs) So if I may, you're ready to talk about villain tropes now. Yeah, let's let's hear how you're. I don't really have tropes. I just have like examples from movies. I would probably if I was the villain in a like slasher movie, most likely because I'm human, but I would probably be. Um, one of like the uh, ghost face is in like the first screen, but I wouldn't be. I think his name's Billy. I wouldn't be the weird guy that had an obsession with Cindy and how uh, Cindy's mom was a whore yeah. and like all that. I wouldn't be him. That's too much. I'd be Stu, just doing it because my best buddy's into it, and just be like, because I'm, I'm ride or die, and I'm just like, okay, if this is what you want to do, I guess I'm with you. Yeah, Stu is interesting. He's like, oh, my friend wants to murder a bunch of people and he needs alibi and also someone to do it with. Guess it's got to be me. I volunteer. Yeah, I'd be Stu. I really love the scary movies when they make fun of Scream, when they make them like gay as hell. I mean, because yes. so happy. I'm like, yeah. I've only seen the first half of Scary Movie. Because I didn't watch it as a kid when everyone else watched it because I wasn't allowed to. And I I tried it like earlier this year. And some of it was really funny and some of it was like, oh my God, I can't handle it. It's just so dumb. But like... That's the point. It's supposed to be stupid dumb. Yeah, yeah. It was just like a little bit much for me. So I stopped watching it. But the the scene where the guy in the ghost mask who's like trying to kill people calls the house to be intimidating and the stoners pick up and they're like what's that <laughs> and then every time it cuts to him he looks more and more like stoned yeah and his like tongue is sticking out and he's like what's that on the phone i think i would be the guy that answers the phone 
Well, that was a big <laughs> thing in the 90s. Completely oblivious to the actual danger. <laughs> Sam, if you were a horror... This is the situation I think you would be a like, murderer in a horror movie. Okay. Okay. Um, I think you're definitely one of those characters that you just have to push their buttons way too much. Like, it's... it's, it's Mental breakdown induced, just like the the dad from The Shining. Uh, uh, what's his fucking name? Jack Nicholson is the actor. The dad. Yeah, I'm uh, trying Jack, to think. It is Jack. His name is Jack, but I don't remember his, his last name. name. But yeah, so you you'd be in like that kind of scenario where like something makes you like crazy and you just go for it. You're just like fuck it, never mind. Gonna kill everyone. Someone <laughs> just, just like snap. Just snap and just go for it. I can see hmm. that, but I don't want to say that's what I think would happen. What do you think? I think that if I became a villain in a horror movie, I want to say that it would be revenge. Like like how I, I know what you did last summer kind of motive. Uh, uh, but not really because the twist and whatever. The stupid twist. I don't think that one. I think it would be more like my significant other like betrayed me left me burned me like tried to kill me and killed my kids or so whatever you're thinking of a uh, spit on a grave type of like revenge type of movie is that what it's called uh well one of them is well it's called revenge movies the whole like uh sub genre inside the drama where like it's usually a woman gets screwed over and then she comes back from the dead and like haunts the people who screwed her over or the part of like the action drama uh, uh, action genre where like you killed somebody that this person loves and so the person goes and takes revenge on them yes okay i feel like yes that would be if i had a choice and also if i had no choice if i was a villain in a horror movie i would probably i gravitate to that and i also gravitate to that i would like sell my soul or whatever to like get the powers needed to do the revenging chloe you're a hard one i don't know i don't know i think i would be a dark figure in a kid's drawing <laughs> i would be like the babadook but like a version where you can't help but laugh at it and it gets really offended and annoyed that you won't take it seriously <laughs> <laughs> i like this i yeah. feel like if you were a villain in a horror movie it would be like kids horror with love with love i mean i this could be love. uh the ghost of a drowned woman who appears dripping wet all of the time um, and like won't shut up like constantly screaming and be, wailing that would have to be some kind of like vengeance thing i'd rather just be a weird prop like the dark figure in a kid's drawing with a really kind of funny looking face where you're like, this is supposed to be scary, but... Uh, like all the background characters in like Insidious and yes. that kind of stuff. <gasps> yeah. About the one yeah. that looks like Darth Maul. You're like, uh, did no one check? <laughs> like, wait. <laughs> like, like you're constantly like in the corner of a room, but you never do anything. And like the viewers have to like spot you. <laughs> wait, okay. I just had this like great vision for us in a horror movie. It's like, okay, you know the end of the Blair Witch Project where she... She's just like standing in the corner of the room, yeah, facing the wall, and they're like, "Oh, what's wrong with her?" I just imagine like it's like a quirky, upbeat like sitcom or something uh, where you guys are like, "Ah, that Chloe," and I just like stand in the corner and stare at the wall, and like no one pays any attention to me. They're like, "Oh, Chloe." 
I see that. I see you. But, I have a hard time coming up with the actually scary ones because I just want to make fun of them. But I honestly think that Jay had the right like way with what he was saying where like you would be one of the side characters like in all of the Conjuring movies. Like there's always like a side ghost mm. who's like the result of the main ghost doing whatever. So like other ghosts become around or like. Um, other entities come around and I feel like you'd be like the the creepy one in the corner that's like got a toy associated with you so you'd be like come I'll protect you but then you take like children away and they like die in early grave or whatever hmm. I would rather be um yes we the, know the hot would. naked woman <laughs> who turns <laughs> into the decaying old dead woman in oh the in the shining, shining. <laughs> <laughs> because uh I feel like that's hilarious, and also I get to do it to the bad guy. <laughs> that's true. I think that if you were a villain, you would be the amalgamation of those villains, <laughs> like the the insidious side characters, the in, the conjuring side characters, or the shining side characters, or um, it's like the most cartoony version. <laughs> yeah, or like I'm trying to think of this one that is stuck in my head and I want to keep saying it, but I can't get it out. But yeah, like you'd be like, can you share something about it so we can help you remember what it is? I can't, I can't, I can't. There's nothing yeah. coming to my mind, but I know that I'm stuck on it. Mm. So I'll eventually remember. It'll loosen up later. It'll be filthy, but it'll be loose. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I, don't I know. mean, we, so we said what we thought you would be. And Jay said what he thought I would be. You haven't oh, said what, what villains do I think you guys would be? Yeah. Yeah. Jay's a killer clown. Uh, yeah. You do the scary wide-eyed smile to, oh my God, I can't even look at you. It's too good. And you do it like all the time and it freaks the shit out of me. I have big eyes, baby. <laughs> Sam's a killer of men. Yeah. With some kind of like badass uh, black outfit and like a bunch of unique weapons in massive amounts. So like girl with the dragon tattoo? Hell yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. But obviously. different, but you're way, way a different flavor. I'm not, um, more of like Northern. a vampire slayer style. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. <gasps> oh, I remember what I was trying to say about you. Oh, that? God. The side character I was talking about. It's not even a side character. I was talking about, like, have you ever seen Dark Shadows with Johnny Depp? How the woman who was supposed to be his uh, betrothed, like, was forced to walk off the side of a cliff and she was like killed and her ghost keeps coming back and he keeps seeing it that's you i actually haven't seen that one yet, oh it's so. it's adorable. so she's like the like not very like not nefarious in the sense that she's like a haunting kind of ghost or like one that will kill you but like the like the lingering like ooh, i keep seeing this like ghost in the side of my mm. yeah yeah and like or that's it's the one that goes to the memory because she was so she's so beautiful and she's so like she's a warning but everyone doesn't see her as a warning they're just like there's a fucking ghost and she's like no i'm trying to protect you from the the thing that will actually kill you which killed me i'm loving these tropes uh i know that we were supposed to it was supposed to be like ways to die in a horror movie but really it became movie tropes movie tropes yeah, yeah. and i love I mean, it sort of the same so here's here's a light little note to end it on. I found this thing called the coconut effect. 
The coconut effect describes any sound effect, special effect, or design feature that is unrealistic but still has to be included because viewers have been so conditioned to expect it that its absence would be even more jarring. Such as? The trope name comes from the traditional Foley effect of using hollow coconut shells to recreate the sound of horse hooves. Horse hooves do sound like a pair of coconut shells being tapped together when the horse is walking on cobblestones or some other sort of hard pavement. However, it's fair to say that the vast majority of depictions of horses are upon dirt, grass, or other unimproved terrain where the sound would be muffled to inaudibility. Real recorded hoofbeats on later, more sophisticated productions sounded wrong to test audiences or more likely clueless producers. Many other stock sound effects are prime examples. The audible gleam made by specular reflection or intense light. Kinetic clicking. So ubiquitous that mobile phones tend to add clicking sounds to buttons pressed on their touchscreen. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Oh, and uh, beep, beeping computers and Pac-Man fever uh, cover the standard sounds of modern technology and interactive entertainment. That one made me laugh because uh, th- the Pac-Man fever thing is <laughs> that like any uh, video games or like technological interface that people are playing with in movies is always like a dated like 80s arcade game and it makes those weird little sound effects oh <laughs> yeah like, why even are, though why are they so like most behind? of the people i know mute it like on our phones like every horror movie every movie you hear them go clack 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 on their phone but everyone i know shuts that off almost immediately and the last common example i want to share is the the stuka scream the what uh, when something, usually a plane, mm-hmm. is diving, crashing, oh, or swooping, yeah. a gradually rising mechanical scream that climaxes in a distinctive shrieking sound. I, I hear that more in my head when it comes to like cartoons than I think actual yeah. real life things. A lot of our movies and TV shows that we make and like expect other adults to take seriously have like these silly little like stock Foley sounds. We find comfort in the familiarity. We want new stuff, but we want new stuff with old feelings to it. Like, we just want to ramp up our nostalgia all the time. I would like, if if y'all can think of something, uh, please share your favorite cheesy uh, or cringy aspect of horror movies. I think my cheesiest thing about scary movies that i love is the way that blood goops <laughs> goops um because there's two ways blood goops there's like the like long stringy like Ugh. perfect pour <laughs> of like resin yeah that's like perfectly blood cherry red mm-hmm. or there's a totally different blood that you get in some like the darker more gritty horror movies where it's like gloppy and really coagulated and it's like black almost and it's like big clumpy clumpy clumpies i love the way blood is in horror movies because i've interacted with a lot of blood because of working in the hospital or like um, doing my student student teaching in the hospital and i absolutely love seeing the way that blood is in uh like the the wound that never heals or like the blood that's always dripping and they don't pass out or anything that shit makes me that's just like i'm like (laughs) i love it that was so much grosser than i thought 
it was going to be. You <laughs> or asked. The one I thought your answer was going to be. But what's really funny is um, when I found the term nightmare fuel, I found the term nightmare fetishist, and I wrote Sam LOL in my <laughs> notes. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. So. <laughs> Jay? Jay, what are you... Um, what cheese factor Yeah, tell us you? your... Uh, your. I like how one-dimensional the characters are in like bad slasher movies like they don't act like human beings they act like their archetype and their archetype alone and i just eat that shit up because i'm like no one's ever no no one is like this right right maybe that's giving you comfort because you know they're not real people it's the predictability and you chobel well it's the reason that i said i I would be whatever villains I said I would be because I just love, I love when the villain of a scary movie is so stupid looking (laughs) and like very mockable and funny when it's still like really scary and it still works on you. Uh, One time in high school, I went to see a scary movie with some friends. Um, God, I forget what it was called, but it's about the tooth fairy. It's like a weird haunted house thing. And this girl finds these like evil pixies that are like trying to eat her and like steal her teeth or whatever. (laughs) There's this really dumb scene where she's talking to the like carnivorous pixies. (laughs) They're like down inside the house and they're trying to get her to crawl into this little space so they can kill her. And they're like, we're hungry, Sally. Oh, God. So she comes back with a handkerchief full of raisins and she's like, you said you were hungry, so I brought some raisins. Is it because you see yourself? (laughs) It's so fucking stupid. And I I started to get really scared and (laughs) even though like it has some dumb parts Mm -hmm. uh still scary movies scare me and so (laughs) she comes back she's like i brought you some raisins because you said you were hungry and i turned to my friend and i was like nobody likes raisins (laughs) (laughs) and then we started laughing in the middle of the scary movie and people got mad at us but (laughs) so fucking stupid i love that the humor that you can find in the terror that's my coping mechanism clearly clearly yeah thank you guys for uh joining me on this silly little adventure does anyone have um anything else they'd like to add or share no i'm good if that's all we got today let's go ahead and wrap these up or this up wrap wrap them up no no love no love kids with that being said um we love you guys very much creepers um, say bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Listeners, do you like Litterbox scratching? Yes or no? Do you love Litterbox? <laughs> do you use one? <laughs>